Hello, hello, and welcome. It's Mark. It's Trucking Answers, the podcast that other podcasts listen to to decide what they are going to talk about. So I'm glad to be able to help all other podcasts out. I'm here with my co-host, Gracie, who's scratching, scratching. You'll be a good girl. And she's going to have something to say, I'm sure, today in this unabridged podcast, because we're going to talk about some trucking news some automotive news and yet another reason we don't live on mars which is ripped from today's headlines do you know why we don't live on mars because there's a bunch of dumb stupid people out there that are idiots and also stupid and we have to support them in one way or another with either their dumb actions or their dumb other things and uh, they should all be sterilized but that's another story anyways this is ripped from today's headlines you may have seen it and thought wow this is really stupid well you are right and for people new to trucking or just getting into trucking thinking man i should get my cdl well there's something coming for you so that is coming soon look for that very soon uh coming up here from trucking answers because so many people get into trucking the wrong way and nobody stays. You know, three or 400,000 people a year get a CDL. That's according to the government who issues these licenses. And yet in five years, there's maybe fifteen or 20,000 of those original 300,000 people still in trucking. And that's not right. Trucking can be a great career for you for your entire life. Laws provide you a paycheck as long as you'll just keep your record clean and uh, basically show up. And that's about it. And you can make a living in trucking, probably a better living than most people do. So... But getting in the right way, staying in, boy, if you can make that first year because you get in the right way, that'd really be something. You're you're probably going to stay and it's going to change your whole life. So we've got something for new people. So let's get in to see what's going on in trucking today. Colonial Freight is shutting down. Did you, did you hear about that? Holy crap, they've been open since 1943. That was World War II. All right, and uh, so here's the problem. Uh, they're going to shut down at the end of August. That's coming up. You know what? Depending on when you listen to this, I suppose. When Mark, you're like, Mark, what about the WARN Act, the Worker Adjustment Retraining and Notification Act? Huh? They're all 100% owner-operators. You don't get a WARN Act. You're not an employee. Isn't that great? Now, I'm not a lawyer, I have to say that. Otherwise, lawyers get mad at me. If you want legal advice, seek the advice of a licensed attorney of your choosing. So here's the thing. You have a contract. These owner-operators, many of them are lease purchase drivers. And... Um, a lot of their lease purchases, there's it's not a walkaway lease. You have to finish the lease out. So it says here that the PS Logistics has, uh, and Purdy Brothers apparently have acquired 55 of the lease purchase drivers and 50 tractors. Now, so I don't know if that means 100 tractors. But anyway, they had 260 drivers and 250 power units. So I don't know what everybody else is going to do. And I don't know if this lets you out of your lease. I'd really read it, which I'm sure you didn't do before you signed it, if you're somebody who signed up for one of these goofy leases there but if you did read the entire thing can you get out of it i don't know i do know this that if uh someplace takes it over they have to honor all provisions of the lease so i don't know if many of you know this also your home probably you don't send the payment to the people that you got the your mortgage from okay gets bought many times whatever gets packaged up resold doesn't matter because the terms of it have to stay exactly the same due date amount all that stuff same with this so if somebody buys this lease and takes you over can you get out of it i don't know is that a material breach of the lease i don't know you didn't agree to work for this new place you know but if it has a provision in there that can be it can be sold then it can be sold 
and you shouldn't sign up for something then if you don't like that idea. Well, Mark, they've been open since 1943, I'm telling you. It doesn't matter how long a company's been open. It doesn't make any difference. Okay, they can close at any time. Here we go, 1943, and they're closed in just a few days, really. So just because they've been open for a while doesn't mean anything. If they honor your, take your lease, they have to honor everything in it, including pay. Everything, every part of it has to be honored in its complete, in every part of it. So if it's a dollar thirty, whatever, $2 amount, whatever they have in there, however, the surcharge, everything, payment dates, everything, everything. Me, now, Mark, I don't want to work for this new place. I don't know. I don't know because I know that Colonial did not have a walkaway lease. So you can't just walk out of this. If somebody takes it over, you may have to actually talk to a licensed attorney. And it might be worth a few hundred dollars to talk to an attorney for an hour to see what your options are. If you want out, it's not working out for you, something like that. Maybe they'll let you out of it for all I know. I don't know. That's worth asking too. That might be free too. So another reason not to lease, uh, you know, purchase from a place, which is this, is that the place closes, what do you do? You're out. If, if my place closes, I just go work somewhere else. If you have a lease on a truck and they close, see, you don't own the truck. This is the problem. When you lease purchase, you do not own that truck. Okay, the own, the company owns it. You pay them, they pay the place they're getting the truck from. They are the registered owner of that truck. You are a lease purchase driver. So that's why it's a buyout at the end. You're buying it for yourself. Sometimes it's free, dollar. Sometimes it's an amount, $20,000. It just depends on the lease. So if they end up closing and you don't transfer over, it's not really your truck. And if anything, best case scenario, I guess, is you get a different job somewhere, but you've lost all that money that you've put into that truck because it's an investment. Oh, you know, so I have the air quotes. Oh, Mark, I'm building equity. You're building crap. Okay, until you own it, it isn't yours. And so that's why if you own the truck, at least if you had purchased it yourself and financed it yourself, your name is on the title. Now, if they close, you take your truck and go somewhere else. Here, you've got a problem. Okay, you've got a problem. So keep that in mind. You know, when you're looking this kind of stuff over, if you want to lease a truck somewhere, whatever, uh, not always the best idea in the world to do this kind of stuff. And then we go to our friends at U.S. Express, right? And what are they doing? Laying off more people. 10% more people they're laying off. Now, I will tell you what. This makes me nervous. The first round of layoffs a little while ago uh, was a problem. And now, and like it says, no drivers were laid off. So don't, there's not like being drivers being laid off. But they're cutting 5 more percent of their workforce. Okay, second layoffs in three months. Many companies right now reporting record profits. Now, Variant, which is part of U.S. Express, just came out the other day and said all of their efforts to keep drivers isn't doing any good, and they're running 150% turnover. And so that's a real problem. That is a real problem. I'm going to tell you what. I'm putting U.S. Express on death watch now for me. Because in this, in this market where I'm seeing all their competitors report record growth, record profits and everything, I'm seeing U.S. Express having huge turnovers and laying off people. Okay, and that's a problem. And they're saying, well, of course, this is going to make us leaner and more disciplined. Yeah, that's what they always say, not we're about to go broke or whatever. So are they going broke? I have no idea. All right. Am I a financial analyst? Am I Jim Cramer? I'm not. All right. Am I Warren Buffett? Obviously not. Uh, but <laughs> do I know this, that when you have, when everybody around you is making money and you're laying people off, do I think that's a problem? Yeah, I do think that's a problem. 
So, uh, yeah, and like it says, you know, the, the showed the initiatives that were put in place to drive up revenue at Variant were not achieving that goal either. So, you know, this is a problem, and I think that they are on death watch for me. All right, so will they close? I have no idea. They didn't file a WARN Act for this because there was less than 100 people. Okay, agree with that. No problem because these are actually employees. Either way, I think it's a big problem. I think this is a huge problem for them. And it would make me nervous there. Although I still tell everybody, whether you started driving last Tuesday or you've been started driving in 1971, have, you know, not your resume really, but be ready at any time to move on to something else. You j Because you just don't know. You just never know when you're going to need to move to a new place. So already, already just be ready for anything like that. Now we see U.S. Express laying off. And then here we go. You know, DHL in Cincinnati is raising pay for people 18% for their hourly workers. <laughs> All right. So nice. That's pretty nice. So, you know, here's the thing. So one place has layoffs and then we have another place raising pay right now. This is hourly, which is what everybody should be paid. So an 18% hourly rate, that's pretty nice because as we kind of know, you know, I don't know if you know this, but prices in the area have been going up like at... Uh, Oh, I don't know, everywhere, the gas station, grocery store, like uh, every place you can imagine, prices have been going up. So that's pretty nice. That's in stark contrast to layoffs. Very stark contrast to layoffs. Not great. And so now drivers, of course, are griping about the Bronx. Bronx and New York City. Trucking group responds to cities war on park trucks. Listen. Listen, Linda. All right. Park New York City has a parking problem there's nowhere to park all right there just isn't and they show a tow truck here towing a semi which i love and so drivers are all griping about it uh you know we don't have anywhere to park what are we supposed to do because they're actually enforcing the overnight ban which there's always been a ban it's been you can't park a commercial vehicle in the neighborhood there and this is in queens where they're showing it here and they're towing this truck away and uh i totally agree with it you know uh, in a four-day period they uh, towed 55 trucks and had 600 more tickets and a bunch of wheel clamps and everything else. They had to rent a storage facility to park all these trucks in. And that the drivers are, uh, you know, the real problem isn't law-breaking truck drivers as much as severe parking. Well, no, the real problem are people parking illegally. You know, I live in a neighborhood. I've always said this, and people always gripe at me. Well, Mark, you're a truck driver. Why do you do this? Look, I don't want trucks parked around the neighborhood. I don't live at the truck stop, all right? I don't bring a truck here, and people that bring their truck here I call them in. There was a truck down here. Oh, it's been a while now. I talked about this. And I knew the company. I knew people there. So I called them up as a courtesy. I said, look, one of your trucks, here's the truck number, is parked right down the street here. And it's not allowed to be parked here. All right. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you 15 minutes to get your drive out there to move it and never have it here again. I'm just giving you a courtesy, I said, because you have a driver there that is a friend of mine. It's not this driver, but you're getting that courtesy. The next time I said, though, I will just call it in and get it moved out of here. And a couple minutes later, that truck got moved. All right. And whoa, whoa, Mark, that's not right. Listen, I live in a residential neighborhood, residential, not semis. Get your truck out of here. And so, and like the mayor says, which I rarely support the mayor of New York City in that, but you know, we don't condone parking on residential streets. It's imperative to, uh, you know, uh, get trucks out of here. So they're going to be towing trucks. Many people's neighborhoods, people's families live here. 
And they can't park their cars there because the people have their semis parked all over the place. I 100% agree. 100% agree with this. Get the trucks out of there. There's not truck parking? Okay. Have your company solve that problem. See, this is the thing of it. I wouldn't work for a place if I had to park every day illegally. Like there was no other solution but, oh, I'm going to park illegally. No. Go work somewhere else. I wouldn't tolerate that. You can work yourself out of this into a new place. It's just parking illegally, annoying the neighbors and that, you know, that there's no parking. Okay, there's no parking. What do you want the city to do? There's really nowhere to build parking in the city unless you want to pave over Central Park. You know, there's just not any more room there. So parking in the neighborhoods, no. I hope they tow every single truck out of there. And uh, you can send your emails to mark at truckinganswersnation.com about that. Mark, you're wrong. Fine. I hope they tow every truck. No question about it. And here's a truck driver on I-40, that big crash, right? Gets stranded for 17 hours in his truck. Isn't that something? That crash in Arkansas, it basically melted the road, and there were huge backups. And so this guy says, look, if I'm not moving, I'm not making money. And then, and so I'm going to be behind. See, isn't this the problem, though? And, of course, the crash was dump trucks and semis and everything because everybody's following too closely and in road rage and everything else. Nobody will space out. See this all the time. Um, and so he's stopped, but he doesn't make any money. Well, why is that? Why are you not making money if you are at work? See, that the question isn't, you know, oh, now I have to rush to make up. How about why am I not paid properly? You're not paid properly because you accept the pay that you are given. You companies will pay you as little that as possible that you will accept. So if you accept uh, basically not making any money, then you don't make any money for sitting there. It's pretty uh, it's pretty simple. And he has a week to catch up. I don't know what to say. I mean, I, what am I what am I supposed to say to that? Do I feel bad for him? Well, I feel bad that he accepts low pay. You know, it isn't the company's not paying; it's that he accepts it. For example. Well, Mark, that's what it pays. All right. Well, let's let's give you an example like this. There, say, there's a company offering twenty-two cents a mile right now. All right, and one dollar an hour detention time after six hours of waiting. Would you take that job? All right. Why not? It doesn't pay enough. Okay. That's the whole key, isn't it? And so they couldn't pay that, could they? Right? Say somebody offered $0.09 cents a mile. Would they be able to get any drivers? Mm, probably not. So they don't. They offer the least amount where you'll finally bite. You know, they keep putting a little bit bigger worm on the hook until you finally take it. So stop taking those tiny worms that are uh, handed out there if you want more money. It's, uh, it's uh, just as simple as that. Well, Mark, that's what they pay. Well, don't take it. You know, some there are some people making, you know, I see ads for $18 an hour and I see ads for $28 an hour. Uh, I guess somebody's taking the $18 an hour, which I don't understand when there's $28 ads running that might be the next ad. So, But that's why that's why he sits there without money because he chooses to sit there without money. Everything is a choice. Always remember that. Everything's a choice. It's break safety week. I uh, didn't see much action so far. I had to go to Detroit the other day. Yikes. That was a long day for me. And because uh, I don't normally drive, you know, 580 miles. Uh, in one sitting, I know, uh, Mark, well, we all do that. I get it. I don't normally do that. Uh, this is a long day. And uh, one scale open and the other scale not open. So coming back closed. Yeah, so, and I didn't really see any other kind of action going on. 
I didn't see anything in the rest areas. Um, nothing happened. And I got the bypass. Of course, I had an empty trailer going over the uh, northbound scales there. So in Michigan. And that was it. Didn't uh, I didn't see anything else going on. So I don't know if anything's happening out there. You know, coming back, the scale was closed. And then, of course, it's a straight shot back with no scales. So it only had 9,000 pounds coming back. So up empty trailer, 9,000 pounds back. What do you think about that? So an average 10.3 miles to the gallon. Uh, going 65 so that's pretty good 60 in indiana though and i'll take it of course i don't care you know fill up just fill up i don't care what it gets but that is what it got this of course diesel we're done with cng certainly and uh, that was the story on brake safety week and i wanted to uh tell you this and i want you to look this up um Georgia DPS calls out trucker messy cab. I don't know if you saw this article. I posted it on the Facebook page of Trucking Answers. I mean, come on. Come on. They took pictures of this cab. I hope this driver got a ticket and they had to clean it up because it's so filthy that it's dangerous. Well, Mark, you can have a dirty truck. I agree. But all under the pedals and all that and where you sit is piled with trash. Like fast food. Hundreds of them. And chip bot bags and i thought oh my god how bad did this driver smell look you do not have to live like an animal on the road i don't understand it what does this guy's car look like i encourage companies to look everybody's car over when they come in to get a job <laughs> seriously because that's how you're going to keep the truck all right is their car clean <laughs> you know and look in the inside of it what do they smell like there's no way that this guy lives like this in a truck and i assume it's a man believe me okay if this is a woman i'll be sorely disappointed i'm disappointed enough that it's probably a man uh but and they don't say who it is uh, to live like this is is ridiculous you know this is what gives drivers a bad name when they people see this like oh see filthy truck drivers yeah like this guy he should be ticketed made to clean it on the spot i would actually put him out of service for it because it's unsafe these pedals are blocked if you look at it it's all piled in there you basically can't even see the pedals you just have to push on a chip bag and hope it's the brake really and that should be an out of service which is a huge ticket until it's fixed until the defect is repaired and if that is a company truck you're fired okay that's number one uh, if i saw that now in well mark you complain about tmc Look, TMC goes the other side of it where you have to keep the truck in showroom condition like they say on their own website. You know, showroom condition at all times. All right, that's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Showroom condition like brand new? No. Okay, that's a bit much. But this, there's no excuse for this. The truck does not have to look like this. Okay, you cannot tell me that you have not stopped by a garbage can in the last three years. Because there is a lot of stuff in this truck. And that driver must smell terrible. The truck, oh my gosh, how bad must the truck smell? That gets in all the fabrics and everything. Just disgusting. Just disgusting. It's somebody that, you know, maybe should be drummed out of the industry. Because of the, the impression that they're giving on somebody else. I just can't imagine a company allowing this. I wouldn't even want it if you leased the truck. Or I wouldn't want you as an owner-operator. Because that's an unsafe condition right there. So I don't want you crashing. And then we're getting in a bunch of lawsuits. And really... If anything's piled up around the pedals, okay, and the dashboard is, has two feet of crap on it, you it's not safe. It isn't like Walmart has a garbage bag, okay? the Imagine a truck with two feet of trash in it all the way, every space that it has, with all old wrappers and everything. That's what was on here. 
and old rappers. I'm not talking about, you know, crisscross who are now probably, you know, getting close to social security age. I'm talking about, you know, fast food rappers. That's what I'm talking about. Oh my gosh. It's so disgusting that you can't believe it. Go check it out. Now in Bellevue, Washington, there is a Nissan dealer. Okay. Nissan dealer who's got a new Nissan Z 2023 and the sticker on it's 54915. And he slapped on 73000 bucks or so to $129,991. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is so horrible. I can't believe it that what is happening. They're taking advantage of people. No. Okay. Here on this podcast, we talk about freedom. And there has to be economic freedom as well. So people, anybody, anybody who has a product should be free to charge anything they want for that product. And it's up to you whether you want to buy it or not. No one is taking advantage of anyone here. So we need to stop that kind of thinking that, oh, well, Mark, it's only 54000 Then do not purchase the item. All right. If somebody wants it and was willing to pay for it, why is that wrong? Oh, what? I hear crickets out there. Bueller, anyone? It isn't wrong. If somebody will pay it, they'll pay it. And I'll tell you, <laughs> that's not that's not bad because when I was selling new cars, the base commission was twenty five percent of the of the profit after pack. So seventy three thousand, right? So that he's going to make what twenty plus. There's some money in the fifty four thousand. The salesman potentially could make twenty thousand selling that car, uh, but but I don't know if that dealer would pay it on that. They did where I worked. Okay, if that, whenever they added money like that, which we had a couple cars that they would do that to, you got it off of that. That was 100% profit because it's just added money. So theoretically, the salesman could make 20 large selling one car. So is that right? I don't know. If somebody's willing to pay $130,000 for that car, is it worth it? Yes, everything is worth what someone is willing to pay for it no matter what it is. So if you have a product or a service or anything else that you would like to sell, you should be able to stick whatever price you want on it. And if you get it, it's worth it. Nothing is inflated. Nothing is deflated. If there's only, there's only, apparently this is a special edition of this car too. There's only going to be a 240 of them made this proto edition of it. Okay. So because of that, uh, if somebody's willing to pay 130, then it's worth 130. Then maybe Nissan should have slapped 130,000 dollars sticker on it because it's worth it. So I don't have any problem with it in the United States. There has to be that kind of freedom. We can't say it's that's not right that that the dealer does that. It is a hundred percent right that the dealer does it, and you can say forget that. And I'll tell you this: if nobody bought it, you know what would happen? The price on the car would come down. Oh yeah, imagine that price would come down now so if they had a chevy spark next to that for one hundred thirty thousand, would they, would anybody buy it no they wouldn't but could they charge 130 if they want to it's okay with me the thing is nobody would buy it so they don't charge that much for it we always have to remember freedom here you know freedom is for everybody not just you so if they want to charge it they can charge it and then we go to this idiot who almost makes the reason we're not on mars really uh People are now, and they feature one person, but there are others. People that have Teslas apparently are implanting the key chip 
under their skin. Uh, yes. <laughs> so when you look up to your Tesla, there's a little, you can, it'll either recognize your phone, okay, or there's a card that comes with it that goes in your wallet, the size of a credit card, and you tap it on the door pillar and the car opens. There's a chip in there, obviously. So this person has taken that chip and implanted it in their wrist so you don't have to have their phone with them. It's an RFID chip, right? And so they could just tap their wrist against the car and the car opens. Well, what do you think about that? Uh, would you do that? Some cars are working on this kind of stuff also besides Tesla. So would you implant a chip in your body that opens your car? What do you do also? Oh, I bet you can reprogram it. Thinking, what does he do when he gets another car? You probably can reprogram the chip for the new car. Honestly, you just have to take your arm in there. So uh, that would be something to do. Also, if somebody wants to steal your car, it'd be just as simple as cutting your hand off, I guess, below the wrist and taking it with you like some science fiction movies would do. I'm not implanting things. Uh, chips in my uh, body. It's going to be bad enough when the government starts mandating that kind of thing, which someday I do think will happen. Okay, but uh, I wouldn't do it. So, plus, you know, what if you forget your hand at home or something like that? There's also that. Look, it's stupid. There's actually a Facebook group, apparently, for people that, uh, you know, have had RFID chips implanted under their skin for different things. And you see this occasionally. People do it also to get in the club. You know, ooh, ooh, like the manhole, they try to get in there. And they have, and they implant the chips in various places, believe me, to get in the manhole. But that's another story. There have been people that implant, uh, you know, an RFID chip in their arm to get into clubs where they scan a card, stuff like that. You can just scan your wrist. You don't have to take anything in with you. That's not going to be a thing that I'm going to do. So you can consider that for maybe your next electric car, though. So today now we head over to our friends in Australia. And I'm sure you may have seen this because it is ripped from today's headlines. There's a lot of reasons why we can't get on Mars. Many of them are done by dumb idiot people. And this one is done by a younger person. So we're going to call the parents the idiots here. You may have seen this. A student who goes to a private school, of all things, identifies as a cat. All right. And the private school allows her to be nonverbal and act feline. So long as it doesn't become a distraction. Do you think that's a distraction? I think it's a distraction. The school explained, okay, that's when this is true, that some of their students display a range of issues from mental health, anxiety, and identity issues. Our approach is always unique to the student, and we will take into account professional advice and the well-being of the student. Really? I wonder how that would have gone over if I told my dad, because growing up, uh, we had dogs, okay? I transitioned to cats later, I guess. Um, but we had dogs. And I go, you know what? Uh, I identify as a dog now, and so I'm going to act like a dog and be nonverbal. I wonder what my dad would have thought about that. Yeah. Wow, that wouldn't have gone over well, I don't think, to be honest with you. And uh, I don't think it should go over good here. I think this is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of in my life. Uh, and I've heard a lot of dumb things. Okay, do you think we're going to get to Mars with people acting like cats? Do you wonder why the Taliban hates us? Do you wonder why countries laugh at us? Do you think in China they allow people to act like cats in school? Or do you think they're supposed to do schoolwork? Okay, you wonder when we get taken over, like Red Dawn here, 
Okay, and I got to pee in a radiator. Remember this. Okay, and it's because of this. That the parents allow this is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my life. Oh, they have anxiety. Yeah, go to school. How about that? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, No one seems to have a protocol for students identifying as animals. Really? Really? What do you think about that, Gracie? Gracie says she wants to identify as a person. But then she would have to be awake too much. So she's not going to do that. The approach has been that don't disrupt. As long as it doesn't disrupt the school, everyone is being supportive. Why would you support this? You know, why, why do we support and, you know, basically encourage and allow students, kids to do this kind of dumb stuff? Do you think you're going to fit in doing that? Well, Mark, people have to be, uh, you know, individual. Look, go be an individual, right? All right. I used to wear a shirt that unzipped and a big eagle pendant on my gold necklace. Okay. But doggone it, at school, you're expected to go to school. This is my mom and dad would always say, look, there's a place, a time and a place for everything, right? So what you do, I guess, in your own room is your own business. But when you go out into public and you're at school, you're expected to learn. <laughs> Tell my dad I'm going to identify as an animal. That would not have been good. Okay. We probably wouldn't be having this podcast because he'd be like, uh, well, I guess we're done. So, I mean, I can imagine being told, well, I got to live on my own when I'm 11 or whatever, you know, I mean, just saying. Uh, there might need to be protocols, though, as more and more students are identifying as animals. Where That's because you're stupid parents. What is wrong with you, idiot people? Okay, you are the reason we're not going to get to Mars. In Japan, do you think students are studying at school or do you think they're walking around as animals? Some students are walking on all fours and cutting holes in their clothes to make room for a tail. Okay, that I cannot believe that this is being allowed, that we allow this in school, everybody's feelings and all that. Holy crap, no one gives a holy crap about your feelings. You're here to study. Okay, I don't, yeah, oh, I don't feel like, um, you know, I feel like a cat today. I don't care. Here's some algebra work. Okay, go figure this out, uh, Mr. Meowington. <laughs> okay. okay. I mean, come on. You think you're going to get to Mars like this? You're not even going to get to a freaking fast food job. Okay? It's just unbelievable. One parent said a girl screamed at her peer for sitting on her tail. All right, come on. Come on. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm so want to go. I now, you know, I want to go to Mars just to get off of this planet. Much le- where maybe there's people and not animal people. Oh, my gosh. Have we not seen Teen Wolf? Is that a not enough for you people? This kind of thing is just complete stupidity. That parents are so afraid of their kids and what their kids will think if they make them do anything. Oh, my God. My dad never had that problem. I was expected to go to school and learn and, you know, not disrupt the place. And if we were out, I was expected to be respectful you know, and, and all, just like you should be when you're out. All right. And it, it, look, we couldn't speak unless you were addressed because that kids need to understand their place. And I'm not saying kids should be put down or, you know, ignored. But if two adults were talking, you didn't just walk up and start talking. Who do you think you are? You are a kid. OK, you do not run the house. You are there at, at their behest, basically. And uh, that's how I did it here, too, as a benevolent dictatorship. All right. You exist because you're allowed to exist here. And as long as that continues, we're in good shape. So I expect you to be respectful. 
and the, you know your place as a kid is at the bottom of the totem pole in the house, period. All right, and uh, so as simple as that, you're, you know, <laughs> to allow a kid to, oh, I'm going to act like a, ki- a cat at school, I'm a cat now. No, uh, no, you're not. Okay, we're going to have to put you down. <laughs> Take you to the pound or something like that because it's just ridiculous. You're never going to get to Mars doing this. And if you think this is happening in other countries that are going to take us over, China has said we are their enemy. They have said it. The United States is the enemy. Okay, do you think their students are screaming at each other for sitting on their tails? Or do you think they're expected at school to learn at school? Okay, they're all learning and we're worried about some goofball cutting a hole in her pants so she can have a tail. Okay, it's just ridiculous. I just can't stand it. And it's why I can't live on Mars and I so badly want to go there the more of these stories that I hear about. All right, so so that's the story for today. I'm all riled up now. Uh, my claws are out now. Haha, <laughs> right, Gracie? All right, so <laughs> for Gracie, we're going to go ahead and sign off. And uh, thank you for listening. There'll be more podcasts and uh, more information for new drivers coming out in the next few days. So get ready for that. We'll see you there. See you on the YouTube channel. And check out that gross article on the Trucking Answers Facebook page. Talk to you soon.